Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Hey, this is Vinny. This week, we're taking a look back, and we picked a few of our favorite episodes, ones we thought would remind you of just some of the stuff that happened in 2018. And one of the really big things that happened were a bunch of videos going viral, videos that people were taking on their cell phones of racist incidents at swimming pools, coffee shops, golf courses, even on a college tour. In Oakland, there was one at Lake Merritt. The hashtag was grilling while black. Here's the episode. It's a little unusual to hear about a dance party in the news, but it was in response to something else that happened at Oakland's Lake Merritt that went viral. I hear you have a problem with these gentlemen having a barbecue here at the lake. What's going on? One woman who's white is filming another woman who's white, who's calling the cops on two black men who are grilling in the park. It's two men sitting out here just chilling, and this whole setup is real clean. The woman calling the cops insists the two men need to be in a certain area to use a charcoal grill. I don't see they're not, they don't have loud music. You want to call the police on them. I have called them. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday at the lake. Yes. This isn't the first time this kind of incident has happened at Lake Merritt. Today, why Oakland's lake is a contested space when it's supposed to be a place for anybody. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. This video is not an isolated incident of white people calling the police on people of color for doing, well, for just being. Sandia Dirks covers race and equity issues for KQED. And when she heard about the story, it sounded really familiar to her. So you have the graduate student who was napping at Yale, who had the police called on, you know, for, for napping while black. You had the two Native American young men who were on a tour of a university and a white woman got nervous and called the police on them. You have the Starbucks incident. We've all talked about that. I'm just basically touching the iceberg right. of incidents where police get called on people of color. What's going on? And so I watched this video and... She doesn't want to talk now. 
this woman's on the phone with police. Uh, it's illegal to have a charcoal grill in the park here. No, it's not actually. I just yeah, looked at the it map. Is. It says this is a designated barbecue area. No. The other woman is following her around. You want to call the police grill. on them. I have called You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday at the lake. Yes. I just Police come out. They listen to the woman's complaints. <laughs> okay. Can you back I off? Can you back off? Yeah, sure. Thank you. And then it kind of just dissipates. That, that's can it. Can you just back off yeah. just a tad so I can talk to her? Thank you. Uh, sure. We know that nothing happened. We know that police didn't file any charges. When police get called and people of color are involved, it often can end in violence and tragedy. So it's not a kind of an idle threat to call police, especially on people of color. This is not a new story. Lake Merritt is this incredibly popular place in Oakland. It's kind of central, so people from all over the city come to Lake Merritt. And I know that there's this history of racism at Lake Merritt, too. Uh, There is no place in the city that I think represents Oakland's complex relationship with race and community than Lake Merritt. I've been covering this story about Lake Merritt and about race and the policing of race and space at Lake Merritt for a few years now. So as we're sitting at the lake now, we see lots of different activities. That's Nikki Jones. She's a professor of African-American studies at Berkeley. Um, And I actually met her at the lake to talk a little bit about how the lake is a contested and complicated communal space. You see that there are people uh, from lots of different backgrounds, so across uh, age demographics, across, across race and ethnicity. And what I think is special about Lake Merritt as well is also you get a sense of a diversity in class background, which I think can be difficult to find in shared public space in the Bay Area, uh, certainly in San Francisco. Uh, and so that is, is what makes Lake Merritt uh, something of a unique space. As we're sitting here now, you can tell that there's a kind of ease in which people are sharing the space. People may walk by one another and greet uh, one another, or they may may not, But and someone may not take that as an affront. It's just a way that people are together in the city. That's what the lake can be in its most idyllic. Gentrification shit hit the fan in 2015. That's a good way of putting it. In a real, real, (laughs) real way. I remember that. Yep, And and one of the ways that that expressed itself was in these clashes over space, where sort of newer white residents were calling police on black people who were, you know, just there. There was a group of drummers out at the lake. They were mostly African-American people of color. Um, A neighborhood resident called police on them. At that same time, what was actually also happening in the city was there were noise complaints against churches. In, I remember that, in yeah. West, right? Yeah. In West Oakland, um, who were having choir practice. So, you know, one person who's great to talk to about the history of race and space at, at Lake Merritt is Davey D, who's sort of a journalist, local hip-hop historian. He knows the lake. He knows Oakland. He knows the history of the place and the history of racism there so well. I actually, he also lives around the lake, and that's where that I helps, met him. Yeah. yeah, right? This whole thing about, you know, I don't want it in my backyard. This ain't your backyard. You live in a park. It, it, it's residents, it has been residents who live near the park who are making some of these complaints. 
Yeah, it has been. And, you know, Davey D has a pretty good answer for that. You chose to live at a park. Go to San Francisco, you live across the street from Golden Gate Park. There's a festival every week. Put up with it. You chose to live at Golden Gate Park, you know. They didn't build a park in your neighborhood. You came to a place that they built houses around the park. The lake for this manifestation of people of color showing up became like a check-in point because many people had been moved out of Oakland. Um, so people still had family here. And this was like a good way to kind of like, I'm a cold see my mom. She still lives here. I live in Antioch. But since, you know, everybody's at the lake, I can actually connect with the other folks. And that's such a fascinating point, because if you think about, you know, people of color having been pushed out, having been displaced by gentrification from Oakland, but they still, like, Oakland's still home. They can't afford private space in Oakland, but they can come back to this communal space, this sort of space where everyone can be across class lines, across race lines, something that Nikki Jones calls the cosmopolitan canopy. How do you create a cosmopolitan canopy? That is the challenge. Uh, You can imagine that there are uh, things that we don't see about Lake Merritt, uh, emphasis on beautification and different uh, policies that have led Lake Merritt to be what it is today. Uh, And it may have been different things uh, across time, and maybe people didn't use this space this way. So there's certainly something in the background. There's something about policy and planning that can can shape a, a cosmopolitan canopy. But it's also about how people use the space and how people interact with one another in that space Uh, and and the agreement that people have in this space that it doesn't belong to one group, it belongs to all of us. We can be together in these spaces and we can also be together across class lines in these spaces because that's what makes a city a city, communal space, shared space. So I feel like there's a, a, his, a longer history, a, a more in, a complex history of Lake Merritt that starts before 2015. Oh, yeah. David D. talks about this a bit, too. He talks about how back in the 19, you know, 90s, you had this thing called the Festival of, of the Lake with music and food and all these people coming together. And as you say, it was, you know, it was kids from East Oakland and kids from West Oakland. So here we are all these years later, right, where, you know, barbecuing is back and maybe we can share this space together and maybe we can have this cosmopolitan canopy, but you still have white people policing the space and you still have a kind of racially tinged access to whether or not you can use this communal Oakland place. There are so many ways that that people can respond to what happened this incident. All the incidents that have really happened that have brought out this contested Lake Merritt space What do we know about the way people are responding to this? So Oakland, hella Oakland. (laughs) All right, like, this is why I love Oakland so much, because, you know, like, Black Oakland gets together and they're like, you don't want us to be in this space. We are going to go down to Lake Merritt. We are going to grill and we are going to do the electric slide. (laughs) So basically, Black Oakland, they threw a party. You got to do the electric slide with it. I can't think of a better way to take back space, to show that this is a cosmopolitan canopy, than to go and dance. And to me, it's just, it's such an Oakland, Oakland, Oakland thing to dance in the face of racism. All right, well said, thanks. Thank you, Devin. All these memes are going around social media with the woman calling police on moments from black history. She's at Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, 
She's at Obama's inauguration. She even shows up in a scene from Black Panther on her phone calling the cops. On Twitter, I saw a comment that said these kinds of microaggressions happen against Black people all the time at Lake Merritt. Even though they may seem pretty petty, like calling the cops over a barbecue, they're a huge deal when you consider how just one call to police can escalate to arrests, to violence, or even death. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 